So welcome after break. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry that we missed so many Mondays. So, but let's continue. Yeah, we have to make these breaks because I don't want to leave Briancha, you know. <laughs> we are coming to end and I will be so sad when we leave them. But well, we'll find something else. So, we will continue on page 294 in the beginning, this first uh, paragraph. The work that accompanies sorrow and the shedding of tears consists of forcing oneself to sorrow in a great-hearted patience whenever one feels dryness or lack of tears, which is a state that sometimes tests a true laborer, after which the patient ascetic is always rewarded with a fervent outpouring of tears. Like soil that has long waited for the rain finally receives it in abundance and suddenly covers itself with gentle bright greenery, so the heart long overcome with dryness, when it is enlivened by tears, bears much fruit of spiritual thoughts and emotions decorated with the color of humility. The work of sorrow, which is inextricable from prayer, requires the same conditions for success as prayer. Like prayer, it requires a patient, constant effort. Prayer requires the mortification of the body and results in bodily exhaustion, as do tears, which require the exhaustion and mortification of the flesh for their own outpouring. The great worker of sorrow, David, wrote, I am worn out with my groaning. Every night I wash my bed and water my couch with my tears. So we continue on this chapter on tears. And this paragraph, might help us to remove the last, with some kind of thoughts connected with this gift of tears. We see here that tears are not a product of emotions. The tears, this gift of tears is uh, something that comes from God or comes from God or God gives to those who are preparing their souls for this gift. But actually, we are not preparing our souls for this gift. We are preparing our souls to for life with Christ. Uh, today, uh, I mentioned that we had uh, this. We started a similar uh, group. We started studying from the beginning this group of Slovak people through Zoom. And today we are talking a little bit about prayer. And uh, there was a question which came on this group too about intentions of prayer. That uh, how to form our intentions, what is good to pray for, what is what we are supposed to pray for, and etc. But again, we have to realize that prayer, it's not about requesting. It is not about asking. Prayer is state of our human being when we, uh, which is expression of this uh, unity with Christ. Because if we hear uh, uh, if we hear uh, a definition of prayers that uh, the pure prayer, the perfect prayer is to stand in awe, in silence, in front of God. So it means that in this definition we can find that well, person is not doing any activity. The prayer is working itself in the person and causes, taking him to this unity with Christ, to this life with Christ, and causes that the person looks at Christ entering his presence and is in awe. And this is the preferred prayer. So 
our goal, even like in prayer life, and is not to bring a lot of intentions. Prayer is supposed to bring us to this unity with Christ, and this is a goal of our life because this unity with Christ means salvation. Now, if you are, to, if you, uh, if I, uh, I want to use this uh, image of prayer in the beginning, <coughs> when we start our spiritual life, we learn how to pray. We use prayer book, and we learn from these um, saints how to pray, and they lead us <coughs> to formulate uh, good intentions. They take away all this, our, away our egoism and selfish wishes. They teach us what is important, what we are supposed to pray for and how. They lead us to penance, they lead us to, um, to this pain of heart over our sins and this desire for holiness. And more we are entering to this, and, and we are acquiring this art of prayer, our prayer becomes uh, simpler. That that it is it is this like almost whole our life will be will become prayer because this prayer should lead us to an. And prayer leads us to this intimacy with Lord. And more this our nose, this our mind is cleansed, more we understand, more this divine world is clear, clearer, or more visible for us. We have better understanding. More we are going to silence in front of God. And uh, there are many. Uh, if we read these stories from life of desert fathers, many times they say that, well, they stood up to do evening prayers because they wanted finally to eat something because they were fasting. And I said, I just said glory to God and my news, my mind was taken. And they, when they came back to like conscious, I would say, they realized that sun is going up they were in this state whole night and they even didn't realize that they were in this own but this was already activity of god in their souls so the same thing is with the tears tears is this gift god gives those who are coming closer to him and uh, this effort we are making you know like it's mentioned this David that he was so he had this pain in in heart that uh, he wrote I am worn out with my growing grow, groaning every night wash I my bed and water my couch with my tears so we are doing this this work of repentance uh, this work where our desire for holiness pushes us and uh, in some moment God enters with his activity with his grace to to somehow give us consolation gives us these gifts which make this our effort perfect does it make sense I'm saying yeah but it is, it is a little bit difficult because uh, we, we just need to do our part and, and be patient too. What I feel, uh, what is my somehow, uh, even my problem and I see that many people have this problem that we are soaked with informations, with knowledge, and because of that we expect something, you know, that to happen. That we expect because we know 
on this rational level we know all the things and and we become not patient we don't allow God's grace to enter to us but not because we are given obstacles but we reach some kind of satisfaction inside that I know and the satisfaction causes that I am not I am not doing um, this this work of repentance this work um, of understanding who I am where I am and uh, it's difficult for me to explain what what I feel what I think under it. maybe maybe this would be good picture that uh, If we prepare, when we prepare, and well, there is no other way. I think, like children who come for first confession. So we teach them all these things they need to know about confession. We teach them what is right, what is bad, what are God's commandments. We teach them that it is necessary to confess them to receive absolution forgiveness of sins and then we teach them that they knew they need to do some kind of repentance it means what priests tell them to do as a medicine and well they know all of that they know but they don't do repentance we don't teach them to repent so Many times it becomes, but in the children I would say it's difficult to expect this, but it should grow. But many times I would say uh, priest has a very limited way how to touch this problem. But I think this role for t uh, for parents to to lead children to understanding what does it mean to repent and how to repent and so because then it is like something mechanical I find my sins I come for confession confess I receive confession I go home and I do what it was done and I am fine it's done but it is not done you know it's this 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 repentance after should be the sorrow and pain of heart should be before a confession. So somehow we slipped. I'm. It is in general. I am not. Well, I I see there's a problem, but well, I don't want to make like in general to cover everything like this. That, but but we we do all good things, correct things. And it's not working, just because this some kind of this aspect is missing. That uh, this aspect, what uh, what is this this essential part of spiritual life? Uh, of this this sparkle which gives like spirit to all these activities which we have, as and what what we do. And, and I cannot somehow, I'm not able to formulate this correctly, but I hope that you are sensing what I am trying to, to tell. Uh, even like, I don't know who told me that, that uh, uh, this example of Catholic schools, that uh, many times, maybe not now, but before many times, parents were satisfied it's Catholic school so it means that my <coughs> child will get the excellent spiritual formation but it was not true and still it is not true and even now maybe well it depends I don't want to be critical but uh, I'm just saying that why is that it means there's something missing 
some kind of this, this spirit is missing of that. And, uh, and I think this is the most important. Um, going back to my memory, when I thought about that, um, uh, always these first years in my pastoral work when I was visiting these, these old people, simple people, can you imagine one lady, she was 90 at the time, she couldn't read and write. She was from this generation still then. Well, it was tough. And uh, so she had to work instead going to school. And somehow in her life happened that, well. But I, she, but her faith and knowledge of God, I would say, was really great, you know, and, and, and uh, if I compare it with some very, very um, educated people in theology and, and talking about maybe are able to explain all these details on academical level, but they didn't have what she had. I think that what she had helps more for salvation, this kind of knowledge. So, now, we should not uh, somehow be, uh, we should keep this in mind that that our spiritual life should be authentic. And, but we should keep in mind that it doesn't happen like from evening to morning. That we all are invited to, to start this journey and to make simple steps. The same thing like uh, with a prayer is that first we read prayers of saints until they don't become uh, our prayers of this language of prayer doesn't become our language of prayer. And then we go deeper. We pray more and we are slowly entering to this God's presence more and more deeper. The same thing is that when we start to see and uh, to look our heart and we start to feel real pain over um, our sins, passions, we find them and we start to ask God really this, this whole heart help, help me and forgive me take me out from this this misery so it will it will start it this will start to happen and uh, the sign will be that our sorrow will be deeper and deeper more we ask God for forgiveness for uh, purity of heart and mind so, so more our eyes will be slowly open for more and more this this not perfectness which rules in us and it will be just increasing this pain of heart and in some point we will be so ready for this that we will receive this gift of tears which is which helps us to go very deep to this repentance so deep that that uh, these tears uh, will be washing out like many, many of these Holy Fathers, they call tears, like this is a second baptism. So they, they wash away your tear, your sins. And they say that this first part, these cleansing tears, which come, are very, very painful, that we feel pain. And then tears of joy comes after, after purification. So, 
I'm just all saying all this just because I think that he did, he wanted to be clear that it is not, that he's not talking about tears, natural tears, which might be in the beginning of the process, but that, uh, but still they are not that gift of tears God gives. Oof. <laughs> Difficult. <laughs> All right. I I think God is going to punish me because I'm trying to talk about things so difficult and in English. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I hope that. Oh, okay, let's go. Craig has a question. Oh, Craig. I was just going to ask you, I, I kind of know where you were going a little bit, and I could be wrong, but I was reading a couple nights ago about the gift of tears, and they said they noticed that when they, these church fathers were entering into these gift of tears with these great graces, there wasn't any need for any words. And it seemed to be as the deeper and deeper they got into prayer, the less and less need there was for words. But then when they would come out of this deep prayer, there really wasn't any use of trying to explain themselves because they couldn't explain to other people what they were experiencing in the prayer because words were pretty much unnecessary. Yeah. So, kind of see where you were going when it's hard to put it into words. Yeah. It's... Thank you. Okay, so let's go to another paragraph. Forcing oneself to such work must correspond to one's physical strength. St. Nihilus of Sora recommends and blesses sorrow and tears. This is the path of repentance and its fruit, he said. Whoever cries for help to the mercy of God, whether under attack from the passions or protecting himself from any sinful thought, he will soon find consolation if he prays with spiritual wisdom. But even this father, himself guided in his work by those instructions that are found in the books of St. John of the Latter and St. Simeon, the new theologian, gives a warning taken from St. Isaac the Syrian not to bring the weak body to total collapse through excessive assesses. Then he says, it is not useful to put push nature beyond its limits, when the weak body will be forced to do labors that exceed its strength, then the soul is darkened more and more, and it falls into total confusion. Yeah. Okay. So, he had to add this paragraph to previous paragraph because uh, if we have desire for uh, this deep repentance for this uh, purification of heart and mind so this desire can be used by our enemy to push us to extremes that Yes, if I want to have, if I want to reach this, those depths of repentance, depths of prayer, so for sure I will be using um, fasting, I will be using um, majority of night for prayer, and using other things, uh, these tools, uh, for uh, uh, conquering body and soul and I can go to those extremes that I can uh, damage my body health or also body or also in your soul too so when he Branchino call in this paragraph teaches us to keep in mind moderation. 
But moderation, it, what they mean under moderation, it's not that some kind of relaxing, you know, like exercise. It should be demanding on us. But moderation means that I know my limits. I don't go beyond those limits. Because if I do this, then I will damage myself. There is a, uh, a story from the fathers that uh, uh, a new monk was, uh, he joined the brotherhood uh, in middle age of his 40s and he was a strong man. So his spiritual father gave him really like uh, strong this rule of life and so and because he was strong so even he got like obedience means uh, what was his responsibility monastery really hard physical work and then man was not happy he was trying to fulfill everything but he felt that he's not progressing in spiritual life but that he's even going down and uh, then happened that another like monk of holy life in that story there was the name of this monk but i don't remember that he was visiting, he came for to visit and he met this man and he noticed that why are you so sad and he said, well, I am so sad because, well, I am here, I came to save my soul, but it seems that I'm going down. So the monk asked him that what is the rule for life and he explained <clears throat> and then he said, well, you should talk to your spiritual father because you need different rule." And actually he helped him a little bit and so he got a different rule for life, easier a little bit, and he made enormous progress from that. <coughs> so we have to remember, I, but I don't think it's not prob our problem. <laughs> we don't go so, so far, you know, but it might be some kind of this temptation even for us uh, to go in some activities too far from because of our zeal. We have to be very careful. And uh, especially when uh, you have this movement after maybe reading some kind of literature and advices from Holy Fathers and they, they you see how they were doing what they were doing, how they were fasting, how they were praying and doing other things, uh, you might have this desire to imitate them in in your way. But if this goes to some kind of unusual activity, it's always good to ask a blessing from your spiritual father for that. To come after confession to tell, okay, I want to do this. Can I have blessing for you? Why? Why is that? That to blessing for you to ask the blessing because um, uh, it, this was a question for me. You know, uh, I understood that in monastery and it's obedience and so do everything like that. So I, but in a world. I was not, I didn't have like full understanding, but then I read that this meaning of this blessing, that if I want to go and to start some kind of, uh, for example, I had this inspiration to fast more. So usually what we do, we start to do this, okay? So we are alone in this. When, but if I go and I tell my spiritual father, okay, this is, this 
was inspiration. I feel I should do this. And in this measure, can you give me blessing for that? The one thing is that I will check this with somebody who knows my heart and my my soul and my limits so that spiritual father can tell you all right no because you are working hard on your family or you there's many reasons it's it will be too much do this a little bit less or your spiritual father say well what is that what the resolution you are you are trying to glorify yourself with this little bit you have to add more you know so he can make it out and now once he gives blessing for that you are entering under protection of church you know that it is when you are alone and you by yourself making this resolution so you're by yourself, and as an individual, you become a target of enemy, easy target. When you do this, this blessing, so church covers you through this blessing. You are doing the inside of church, and, and there is a bigger protection that uh, the, the enemy doesn't have, uh, doesn't bother you, uh, you, you so so much so this is how I when I read this this explanation it really gave me like some kind of understanding maybe you remember I, I was talking once about uh, and Brian Chino was talking about that and so I brought uh, these words of Isaac Syrian that when you are about to start any good work expect temptations and difficulties and pain the same th and the same thing is uh, is is here that uh, and and because of because it because of this attack uh, especially our enemy our souls to stop us, it's good to have this protection of the church. One thing. And with connection with that, um, um, with this paragraph, is that, and with this some kind of um, <coughs> This is another story from life of Saint Joseph Hesychast. He died relatively recently. And uh, one older man came and he said he wanted to be part of their brotherhood. But because they live very, very strict life. So Joseph told him that no, because you are too old for that. And when then uh, man was begging so Saint Joseph he uh, said okay um, you can stay for two weeks to try and he gave him a rule for day every day to pray 6,000 Jesus prayers connected with prostrations so I don't know who attended this uh, canon, Andrew the Great in Cathedral. Samuel, you were there or not? Yes. So it's over 300 prostrations uh, during evening. Trust me, next day you don't know your body. <laughs> <laughs> At least I, I don't know. Samuel is in shape, so probably he didn't notice that. <laughs> But well, to do 6,000 prostrations per day, so he had to do it whole day. And then the man really soaked with sweat, 
they finish that with great difficulty, day by day by day. After six or seven days, uh, Joseph is said, okay, you can, you can stay. You showed that really that you want this. And from that day, he changed his rule, and his rule was much easier than rule of other monks. But it was exact rule which fitted to his age and body. This is very important to, uh, like, uh, to not to make judgment by ourselves, uh, because uh, we would go to one or another extreme, and uh, we would not, we would not uh, have success in our efforts. And but other hand. If uh, something would be receive blessing for from spiritual father, it should be like a rule, like the man who was trying to fulfill this enormous rule, six thousand just prayer prayers with frustration. Uh, we should then to keep it, you know, because we got blessing for that. We can keep that. If we feel that, well, it is too much, we can talk to go to special friend and say, well, I feel that it's too much. And I realize that I cannot do this and to adjust the rule. But, well, we are going to another area now here. So let's continue. Okay. Of course, even those who have a weak body and poor health must to a certain degree, as much as possible, force themselves to ascetic labors. The appropriateness of the labor can be easily ascertained even with little spiritual experience. Those who are physically weak must bring themselves to sorrow and tears more than anything with attentive prayer and try to acquire sorrow in their spirit, in which state silent tears fall, accompanied by pain in the heart that is not as severe. Any spiritual work, since it is a free gift in us from God, absolutely requires us to force ourselves to acquire it because this self-coercion is an active revelation and witness of our good desire to labor. Self-coercion is especially needed when either from our fallen nature or from the attacks of the demons, we incline toward or disturbed by some sin. Then it is necessary to speak the sorrowful words of prayer slightly aloud, excessive, mechanical, loud, passionate, and forced weeping is not appropriate for the weak since they affect the body strongly and can bring it to the brink of an emotional breakdown. The fathers liken this emotional anguish to a woman giving birth. Some of its consequences can lead to significant physical weakness even in strong ascetic laborers. <coughs> Monks who have significant physical strength can force themselves more insistently to acquire tears. This is beneficial for them and especially in the beginning of their work. They must utter the words of the prayer in a sorrowful way before they can expect to acquire the tears of the spirit so that the soul, having fallen into deathly sleep from enjoyment of sin, would awake at the sound of sorrow and itself feel the emotion of tears. This is how the great David wept. I roared for the very groaning of my heart, he said of himself. He roared as a lion who deafens the desert with his roars, fearsome both in their expression of power and sorrow. Oh, I don't think that these words, they need some kind of commentary, they are clear. Um, maybe, Maybe one thing is which comes from this paragraph is that um, it's necessary 
in spiritual life to force ourselves that we should not wait for moments when we have when we have some kind of this inclination to pray to do something it should be violence on our part violence against our body violence against our mind our will and especially how he says that if there is a sin there is a inc we have inclination to that more we have to force ourselves to to this uh, uh, pain sorrow of heart pain of heart to, to force ourselves to cry out to God even if we if our mind, soul, and body, they, there is no these inclinations towards that. That even, uh, uh, but you know that we have this experience that we pray and we ask God for something, but we feel that it is dry. That it, it uh, somehow there is no our heart is not participate. We we acknowledge that this is a sin there and we ask for repentance but uh, we acknowledge with our mind rational we ask we do all these things but we don't feel pain in our heart so what they what he is telling us that and this was something new and then for me that at the time we have to force ourselves we have to violently uh, force our heart to cry. We have to push our heart to this pain. And it seems like artificial activity, something like, like that we pretend something. But wisdom of this in this that um, We have to realize that in the beginning, especially in the beginning of our spiritual life and then uh, through this process of purification or soul and body, we are fighting against body and soul which is marked or afflicted by this fall. So we are our natural, I would say, in this fallen world, now natural, inclination is away from God to go away from God to go away from prayer to go away from all these things which are which brings salvation so because of that we we realize that because and when we if we realize that so we know that we have to help our nature follow nature to go to another uh, to, direction through forcing ourselves and uh, I don't know who from saints said this that well before and even like Branchino when we are talking about prayer if you remember in preparation for prayer don't start to pray uh, if you are not prepared for prayer and one of these, when we remember these steps, uh, how to prepare for prayer, so there is this violence we are doing to ourselves when we push our heart to this repentance mode, when we push our mind towards <coughs> God to buy things, when we try to warm up our heart and our soul and I would with this chapter I would say when we push ourselves to tears not these tears which is gift but to tears natural gifts uh, natural uh, tears so there is this activity ascetical activity which which is this violence and it might we can thought about that well this is something 
falls that I have to I don't feel that and I am pushing myself to somewhere what I'm not feeling right now I'm not in this position but uh, this is necessary to to do this and to understand correctly that we don't want to pretend something we just want to push this uh, wild horse in us who wants to run different direction we just pushing this horse to correct direction with violence a little bit because without that there is nothing nothing our soul has nothing from that and this is and this is something what what is very important like for us to realize um, for example it's very good to come earlier for the liturgy and uh, it's always I, I think it's beautiful even some maybe my brothers who are more Eastern than I am, they say, well, Rosary is not the best for us, we should have something else. But, well, I think that it's fine, because uh, it gives some kind of this space to calm down before liturgy, to force, really to make this forcing of my nature to be focused on what is what is going on, and you, those who practice that, that you come early for liturgy, and you pray and you try to calm down and you really make this violence through this sacrificing of time, if it is possible, uh, to to prepare your soul for the liturgy, and then if happens that sometimes you cannot come so early you can feel difference in the liturgy. You can feel that, well, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing, you know. That, um, Miron told me, like, several, because now he has two parishes, so he has to really move. And uh, it was several months ago, and he said, well, he misses this one hour before liturgy. For, you know that uh, it, it, he he was used to this, and uh, uh, it's difficult now for him. But well, he, he has to serve. So well, uh, God will fulfill it in different way. But if we have opportunity, it's this is very good thing what to do. But it should not be just calm and to some some like calm down. It is this this time is this time of violence when we really should force ourselves to this pious mode, to this correct mode, to to really go through this uh, motion of repentance, pain of heart and uh, to be ready for this meeting with our Lord. Okay. Yes? Um, I think, you know, based on the definition of the word, I mean, everyone knows sorrow, but I think this is something different, and I don't understand it. When he says, um, uh, uh, we need to acquire sorrow in their spirit, so what kind of sorrow, what, what, I, I, how can we do that? Like, Force yourself. That's what you're talking about this yeah. whole time? Is yeah. Look. I mean, is that different than these natural sorrows that we have? Well, yes. Uh, I, I don't know what you mean under natural sorrow. Well, things that you don't have to force, like... Maybe if you sin and you're and, and you, you're really sorry, you're sorry about that. And, and okay, uh, I I I got it. Now. Yes. Um, 
would you say that we are sorrow that now this natural sorrow we have I would investigate this sorrow because sometimes it happens that I say something that offends and hurts my neighbor okay and I feel bad I have pain hard because of that now I have to ask why what what is the source of this pain? Because many times this natural sorrow, as you said, or I would say this sorrow which comes like naturally to our heart, many times when we start to investigate this, it is not sorrow that we hurt God, that we offended God. It is just sorrow because, well, we lost our image. We lost friend. We, oh, I will need something for the person now. How I'm going to approach this person? So there is many aspects of this. All right, this one aspect that I have to investigate this natural sorrow. But it might be that um, that I I find no this poisoning like drops there it's clear it is because i i sinned i know that and i'm i'm crying in front of god because i did that but in the same way they might be 20 30 other sins i committed and nothing you know they're not in mind so this this sorrow I I uh, they ask us to do is sorrow over our state. I would say yes, over particular sins, but more about whole our state. So is this sorrow more of like a mortification, where you're forcing yourself to to be sorrowful, or or you're. The sorrow, what what he is talking about, that we have to force ourselves to to feel this sorrow, this pain of heart, over our state of whole being. You know, and look. Samuel. Well, just as he was, as you've been talking about it, one thing that came to mind was contrition. Uh, David says in Psalm 50, a broken and a contrite heart, O Lord, you will not despise. And um, the example of the people of God in the Old Testament was when something uh, happened that was terrible, they would humble themselves. And they would sit on sack, they would sit on ashes and put sackcloth on. And um, what it is is contrition. I always thought it seemed weird that they put it was almost seemed like pageantry, like a play. That I'm sad, therefore I do the sad thing. Um, but um, I think if we think of contrition, it's like. Uh, little bit like what St. Ignatius is talking about. I am uh, humbling myself uh, through a violent uh, act. So. Yes, uh, this, thank you. And maybe I would add to this <coughs> that this violence means that I look to my life and uh, I would say that it's not only one particular sin which comes to the surface, which bothers me, that when I look to all my life and these acts, so I feel pain because there are s I sin in so many ways, I would say, and I feel the same pain over everything. 
Does it make sense? Oh, I would say this, this let's to explain this. You come to a church to pray, maybe holy hour, to do holy hour adoration, and you want to pray, and so you come and you feel no contrition, no pain heart. And now, are you going to wait until until it comes naturally? So, what is the advice is that even like before, um, uh, as a preparation of prayers, to meditate over passions of Christ, to see what what his uh, what our sins cause them, then then to come to this point when I start to see so clearly my sins and my passions, then I start to feel pain over that, almost to cry over that. So this is this violence I am doing myself. I'm going through this using ascetical tools to bring my soul over to to cry over my sins. That I feel intensity of this, my sins. So let me ask you this. This is kind of something I, I have been practicing. And, and so one of the things that's, that's really, um, you know, in national headlines a lot is the issue of abortion lately because of the Supreme Court cases and all. And I think about abortion, and man, it like totally makes me like, but is that the, it, it sounds like that's not the proper thing because what I'm not thinking of is I'm not thinking of God I'm thinking of maybe how it hurts me or how it hurts um, these these innocent children and and so is that I mean it does make me cry but is that not the correct approach no I would say that not it has to be self-directed yes uh, like with that, um, this uh, long topic, but uh, you, when you started that, that for sure, if I cry over pain of these babies, it's it's something what is natural and it's good and crying. But uh, but I would say that we should more cry at the moment. It should lead us from this crying to cry over my sins. Because if, if my lifestyle contributed to this culture, when this is possible to happen. You know, let's, we have how many millions Christians here. If these Christians live gospel, in a radical way, there would be no abortions. Okay, so well, we created this, this, uh, uh, this culture. We create even in our parishes. I can see you know, sometimes when I touch uh, abortions, you know, in how uh, I can see in our faces who people who don't agree with me and they're upset. Well, th and so this is what is what is. And, uh, and uh, well, I think that in our spiritual life, <coughs> everything should, this paradox, that more we are concentrated on our salvation, and everything should lead to us to work on our salvation, the biggest um, I impact it has on whole society around us. Because many times we can cry over situation in a, in our society, in our family, in every or place where we live. But it is something selfish there because we just feel that well it is not as I would wish to have this. But it should push me to repentance, to cry over my sins, because my sins caused them. Just want to add one thought to what you were saying, Father. I think something that's helped me is when I 
um, turn the guilt <coughs> myself, and it's like shouldering a cross. So it's part of following Christ, because that's what Christ did for us, was shouldering that uh, guilt. He didn't, he wasn't, he, he wept over Jerusalem, but he also carried the cross. And so our, our uniting ourselves to Christ, um, imperfect as we are, would be to uh, shoulder the guilt. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Good point. Well, thank you. Good question. <coughs>